Hallelujah. If you have your Bible, turn to uh, Matthew 24. And uh, I think sometimes because we're living in a day and age where information is very easily available, and uh, that's both good and bad, some of the information that is available might be good, and some of it is also bad. Okay? And um, one of the things that over since social media have become really taken on, that something had come up in that I used to go up with that there was one news channel. And the news came 7.30 every evening or 8 o'clock every evening, half an hour's news, and that was it. Okay? And uh, and that was really like, that was the baseline. Everyone, whatever you, whatever opinion you had, whatever you view was, whatever, but that news, that was the baseline. So everyone was like starting from the same point. And, uh, but now in society it's become something like everyone has their own truth. You know, but uh, yeah, yeah, they say, yeah, but that's your truth, but I, I believe this, you know, and that's where you, there's a lot of conspiracy theories, there's a lot of uh, whatever you, you know, in the world they call it post-truth. You know, I make my truth, and I don't care if you have an opposite, it's me, me who's right. Or we use other phrases like, this is my lived experience. Okay, and like, if because I have a lived experience, now I am the authority, no matter how ridiculous my lived experience is, that doesn't matter because it's my truth, okay? <coughs> and it's so important that, and one of, one of the things I notice is that that also creeps into the church, that Christians, they have their own Jesus. You know, I, yeah, but the Bible says, I don't care what the Bible says because Jesus showed me. I had a dream, I had a word, I had a feeling, I had a sign, whatever it is, it is my truth. I, you know, I, you know, over 30 years now in ministry, I'm telling you, I should write a book about, I should call it, What Jesus Did Not Say, or something like that. You know, like, I, I, I listened to a preacher during this week. Usually, it's not someone I'm listening to, because 99.9% of what he's saying, I disagree with just by seeing his headline. But the headline was something that, of this sermon was, I'm sorry, I stopped listening when you said, God showed me. And, uh, and I said, yes, I can, because it's amazing what God can show you. And most of it is not important, okay? And it, and and when, and another thing is, most of what God has shown you is none of your business, okay? As I said to you, that when, once you lose the family perspective on your relationship with God, you go wrong, okay? Because of why should God speak to you about who lives in UK, who can't vote in America? Why should God speak to you about who is going to be president in the United States? That's ridiculous, okay? God speaks to you about you, okay? Amen. You know, God doesn't speak to me about you to me. He speaks to me about me. I prefer me him to speak to me about you because that's less painful. But the thing is, the reality is, when God speaks, it is to me. Amen. So let's say you got a word or a dream and you see me. That's not God giving you a word to me. Do you understand? That is a word to you about a characteristic that I have. How do you respond to that in your life? But that word is not to me. But one of the things that we are very good at as human beings is we projecting. 
I remember I was in an airplane once and I was sharing the gospel to a man. <clears throat> and he was really eager to listen and he said, what? And I thought, now this man, I really had a breakthrough with him. And then he said, my wife should really hear this. And what did he do? What touched his heart, instead of responding to it, he projected it onto someone else. So always remember when God speaks to you, he doesn't speak to you about other people. He speaks to you about you. Okay? But uh, because I noticed many of times when people say, they can always hear for someone else. Have you noticed that? They can always hear, and, and you know, that's not spirituality. We also had when, when we were in the world. We could always look at what other people should do. Amen. I remember before we had kids, I said, oh, I look at people, kids. Oh. How are we going when I have kids? You know, like it's, a, it's always easy to look from the outside into someone else, okay? And we do that very often in what we call spirituality because we've not been trained right. When God speaks to you, when God shows, the first thing you need to understand is to you. Amen. And when I don't care if you see the Pope or you see whoever you see, a famous people in your dream. It's the word is not for them, okay? It's for you. It's what they project. What what you when you see their name, what you see their face, what what does that do to you? That's why you see that face. So I say you are someone who struggles with authority. When you see some dictator in your dream, that does not mean you have a word to the dictator. That means now, why do I respond like that? Did you understand? And, and, and many of us have missed opportunities to grow in the spirit because instead of applying the word to ourselves, we're trying to apply it to someone else. And, it, and that's why it doesn't work. And um, so, and, and, and so it's so vital we understand that, 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 that is, uh, we, 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 don't, we can't live in this bubble where we say, this is just my Jesus. Okay. Now we, we say the word of the Lord is the same everywhere. Okay. And the reason for why the word of the Lord is not applied the same everywhere is because of we have misunderstood how the kingdom of God works. In the kingdom of God, a teacher is, is you know in the kingdom of you know in the world a teacher's responsibility is to make the student understand what the teacher says. Okay. You, you know you. You know, you, you can't take a university lecture and put them into primary school and do a university lecture. The kids will just be well, wrong. Okay? No, it's your responsibility for a good teacher in the world is that the teacher makes sure that the students understand what the teacher says. That's in the world. Okay? That's why in the world it's very important uh, that's what kind of teacher you have that can make a life, life and no, not death, but, but it can make a huge difference. But in the kingdom of God, it is the responsibility of us, the students, disciples, to understand what the teacher says. Do you, do you understand? That's why our foundation is with Jesus built upon relationship. We need to know him. Why do we need to know him? Because when you, need, when you get to know him, you know his values. So now you know his values when you start using the words. Now you understand what value he put into that word when he said it. Not what value I put into that word when he said it, but what value he puts into it when he says it. 
That's why when we have that approach, it doesn't matter if God speaks to you in Africa, in Asia, in America, in Europe, whatever, because it will be the same word. Why? Because we're referring it according to what is his value upon the word and not my value upon the word. Because if it's the other way around, when the word, same word would sound differently in Asia, in America, or whatever, because now we're judging it and applying it according to who we are. But, but because we are disciples, we all, we, our foundation is, I have to be transformed. Amen. It's not God who has to become like me. It's me who has to become God. Amen. It, and it does not matter if you are whatever background, whatever culture you are from, it is we have to become like God. That's why it really drives me up the wall when people say, yeah, yeah, but but, but this is family. Well, this is family, whatever. Now, like, in, like a justification for why I should not do what the Bible says or, or cultural things. No, I, you know, Jesus said that <laughs> if you don't leave mother and father behind, you are not worthy to follow me. Now, notice now, I, this is something I've just seen lately, that this is talking about salvation. This is talking about being a disciple. You have to leave your old life behind to follow him. Amen. When he says later on that if you don't take care of your father, of your own, you're worse than the Gentiles, that is, that is on the foundation that is assumed you have already have a life, you already have a lifestyle, but your culture and everything is not what influences you. Do, do you understand that? that, that if you don't have that foundation where you can lay everything aside, you, well, applying the other scripture without that foundation, now you're turning Jesus into your culture. And that does not work. And I think that many people will be shocked when they get to heaven because they realize there's no little Manila, there's no Chinatown, there's no little Copenhagen, there is just the heavenly Jerusalem. Amen. And we all have to speak Hebrew. Amen. So you better start practicing. Hallelujah. But if you turn to Matthew 24, uh, it's something that I was actually going to talk about something else, but it just came to me now. <coughs> and and I, I talked about this many, many times. And one of the things that the, this is one of the blessings and one of the, the by getting older because of uh, you, you get around the block a few times. Okay. And sometimes something someone say, oh, this is this, this is new revelation. Uh, no, 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 no. I heard that 20 years ago. Yeah. And um, I noticed that a lot of preachers lately, since what happened on 7th of October in Israel, that uh, they have found, they had dusted off their old notes, and uh, and so on. And I just want to say that what what you have to understand about what 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 you see now, you ha you have to be careful trusting the secular news, okay? Because the secular news is never they they have an agenda themselves, and. Uh, and, and, and I'm just amazed, not even within a month, people have forgotten what the Palestinians have done with the rape and the kidnapping and the atrocities we did on the 7th of October. So now it's Israel's fault that the barricades and whatever, whatever happens in Palestine, there's a very easy way to lift the barricade, release the hostages. Mm -hmm. That is as simple as that, okay? When 9-11 happened, America destroyed the whole of Afghanistan, Iraq, and everything. But when Israel, they want to save their own citizens, suddenly it's, their, suddenly it's the victim's fault. 
And this is what the media does, because the media is always against Israel. Do you understand? And <clears throat> But anyway, it's, I, I don't believe there's anything spiritual significance in it. I believe that this is political. I don't think that this is, this is a start to the battle of uh, Armageddon or Gog or Magog or whatever they come up with. And what it, no, I, don't, I don't believe it is. I think it's a political situation where man without God is evil. Yeah. Did, did you understand? There is no good. It doesn't matter if whatever uh, to, uh, ethnicity, whatever human group you uh, race you belong to, man without God is not good. Okay, and what, and what can we expect from people without God? You can only expect things that is against God. Yeah. Okay, so so don't get wrapped up in this thing about now the end time and uh, Jesus just whatever. It, it, don't don't get wrapped up in it. Okay, because I think it's a political thing this thing here. Anyway, but in Matthew 24, this is where Jesus he talks about the end time and. Uh, and says, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. Now notice this is what I this was just something that came to me. And uh, but here notice that it's you know, one of the things you have to understand when 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 Jesus came, one of the reasons for why the Jewish people, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, could not recognize Jesus was because they have a different expectation. Okay, you know, the, the expectation of the Jewish people at the time was that Messiah should come as a physical king. You know, meaning he should overrun, over, overcome the natural occupiers of the Holy Land, the Romans. That was the, that was the image that when, when the Jewish people, that when they said Messiah, they expected a physical king with a physical army come and overrule the physical occupiers. That was their expectation. So, and when you have that kind of expectation, it's very difficult to see something else. Okay, and I've seen it many times in my own life that my expectation of how God is supposed to move in my life, so many times have limited God to move in my life. Okay, that's why that you will see very often that one movement of God is always the next move, the, the, the movement that, uh, that persecute with the next movement, because they have an expectation of this is how God moves, okay? And we mustn't be locked up in that because God is not. Uh, you know, we we have to have an open mind. Whatever God says, that goes, okay? We 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 as I say, many of us as believers, we are funny people. We ask God to do a new thing and looking for something we can recognize. And when we, some God do a new thing and we can't recognize it, we say, it can't be God. If you could recognize it, I would rather say, it can't be God, because you prayed for a new thing. But we all know in our flesh, as you know, in our flesh we are very conservative, and they are not, not politically. Do you know what conservative means? Conserve. You know, that, that's the essence of being conservative, is that you want to conserve things as they are. Or in English, we use the, you heard this phrase which says, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And then we don't, but, but if it's not broken, I would say, improve it. Amen. If it's not broken, improve it. 
everything can be improved. But so the Israelites, they have this expectation of that Jesus, he was supposed to be a physical king. And here they say, and you see, their spirituality was measured in the natural. So he says, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. So here you see, their spirituality was measured upon what they could see, what they could feel, what they could hear, and so on, because they, their spirituality was measured to something in the natural, the temple. Okay? By the way, have you know, we, we all know, as you heard me talk lately, now you and I, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay? There is not going to be a third temple. The third temple is you and me. If there's going to be a build a new temple on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, now what happens with the temple of the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit going to leave you to go to the temple in Jerusalem? No. You are if it refer to if you look at the third tree, no, the third temple in is it Ezekiel it talks about it's built with palm trees. What is palm tree? It symbolizes flesh, but is that is divine. That is people being born again. That's you and me. We, a tree is always named as a flesh. Palm tree is something divine, and so that is divine flesh. And you and I became that divine flesh when you and I received Jesus as our Savior and Lord. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit now. Okay. So, but anyway, here I'm a bit ahead of myself. So they wanted to point Jesus to the natural, see how amazing it is. And the temple was amazing. And not actually, this temple he, he was pointing to, that was the temple that Nehemiah restored. <coughs> that was not as amazing as the first one that Solomon built. Because we read in Nehemiah that when they finished the work, the elderly who remember the first temple, they start crying because it was not as glorious as the first one. Okay, But nevertheless, the point here is that they wanted to point to something in the natural to see see how spiritual, how God favors us. And can I just say, no matter anything in your life, you cannot measure in the natural if God is with you or not. You can measure it by your heart connection to God. Because I've seen people who appears to be so blessed, but in their heart they're empty. And other people who are so empty, uh, so it does not appear to be blessed in the natural, they have an abundance of grace in their heart. Okay? Now you have to understand these two are not statics. Okay? If you have an abundance of grace in your heart, of course it will manifest into your natural life and vice versa. It's not it's, it's so 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 it's not that it won't affect your natural, you must not be guided by it. Because you can be deceived by natural signs and wonders. So they take him out, show him the buildings, and then Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Do you know what is so funny? Every time I try to impress Jesus, he just knocks them down. Amen? Oh, Jesus, look at the temple. Oh, oh Jesus, there should not be one stone left. <laughs> oh, this is amazing temple. Look at this. This is our ancestors. This, we even have a whole book with like two books, the Ezra and Nehemiah, who talks about this today. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, hmm, there's not been one stone left. 
<laughs> you know, it's very, very difficult to impress Jesus. Okay, because he's not impressed by your natural. You know, it's like, oh, Jesus, see, I got a new car. So, tomorrow is not. It's just a car. Next week, it's just an old car. Okay, you know, nothing in the natural impresses God. That's why when I said to some pastors, but why do you put your church into debt and build, uh, take mortgages out to build these huge buildings and so on and so forth? Because Jesus said, you know, this is just a brick and mortars. The anointing is not in the building, the anointing is in you. Amen? You are the church, I am the church. Why? Because we got redeemed by the blood of Christ. No building got redeemed by the blood of Christ. You are, we are. And it's so important that we understand these things because we are we because we have a, all have a background where we used to navigate by our five physical senses. So it's so 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 easy to bring it with us into the kingdom of God because we are used to it worked before. But in the new kingdom, it won't work. It will betray you. Okay, that's why we we walk by faith. That's why we walk by obedience. Now. And this is where religion has destroyed the word obedience. Obedience in, in our culture is a word that is negative. So when you say you have to be obedient, we very often use it in a negative context where you don't do. So you have to be obedient. So me, so the way we, we, we hear the word obedience is that I'm forced to do something that I do not want to do. But because your stick is bigger than mine, I better do it. That's what we call, so when we hear we have to be obedient to God, so now we say easy to put God into that image, but he's bigger than me, with a bigger stick than me. And that creates a wrong relationship with God. Obedience is the expressions of trust. And trust is the expression of love. Amen. This is how it, so when, when we say obedience, it is not because we have to, but it's because we want to, because we have met him. Okay? Uh, we, we don't obey because we have to. We obey because we know he knows better. He knows better than my hearing. He knows better than my emotions. He knows better than my feelings, my experiences, my history, my knowledge, whatever. Because I know him. I have a history with him where he knows better. And therefore, I do not trust myself. I trust his word above anything in my natural uh, life. Therefore, that's what we call obedience. So I might feel I don't want to do that, but because God said this is the way you should do it, I trust him, and therefore I do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a slave to my emotions. I'm not a slave to my history. I'm not a slave to my past or whatever. But I trust him. That's obedience. Amen. That, that's what ob obedience without love it's not obedience. It's fear. And there is no blessing in fear. You understand? There is no blessing in fear. There is only blessing in love. And we obey because we know he loves us. When, when, when God's opinion and my opinion has a class, when because I know him, because I know he loves me, because I know he saved me, because I know he forgave me, he redeemed me, he never left me, now I choose his way rather than mine. Do, do you understand? This is what obedience is. It's, it, it don't, so we have to take the fear out of obedience that if, I do, if I'm obeying God, it's like I'm losing out. No, every time I obey, I gain. 
if I trust myself, I will always lose out. Because I am limited, he is unlimited. I have limited knowledge, he has all knowledge. He has been around forever. I only had a short space of time where I've been here. You know, don't you think it's, it's arrogant of us sometimes? We've been here in such a little blip of time. And when we start up saying, why God? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why, why about, you know, he, he's been around forever. He, he knows far better than you and I. Okay, so, so that's what obedience is. Okay, so he said unto them, no, so uh, I see you not all these things. Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another, that shall not be thrown down. Do you know what is interesting? That when the, when the Roman soldiers surrounded Jerusalem, they actually instruction from the emperor said, do not destroy the temple. That was the order, the command from Rome. But when the Roman soldiers surrounded Jerusalem and saw the temple, you know, the mortar between the, the, the bricks in the temple was not pure mortar, that was gold. So these soldiers, you know, you have to understand, to be a soldier was not an honorable profession at that time. You know, the, the normal salary of a, a soldier was that when they took a city, they had three days where they could loot and do whatever they wanted to do for three days. That was the soldier's salary. So when the, when the Roman soldiers came into Jerusalem, they saw the gold between the bricks, they just destroyed it all. And the emperor said one word, but Jesus said another word. Which word had got to happen? The word of Jesus. Okay, you would have thought we soldiers would have prayed or order. No, Jesus said, not one stone, not one stone. And you, if you want to use that in the spiritual terms, don't trust anything in your natural circumstances about where you are in God. Don't trust your body. If you have symptoms in your body, don't trust the symptoms. Trust the word of God. Don't trust your bank account above Philippians 4.19. Don't trust your own self, don't fear whatever that comes in, am I saved or not? No, John 3, 16. Don't, don't trust your feelings when you say, oh, you, you are not forgiven and so on. No, no, trust the word of God because if you have confessed your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you. Amen. And you know what? This is the most powerful thing that each one of us are. Jesus, he said, those you forgive, no, meaning you and me, he will forgive. Amen. So I, I, and most of us, when we have asked for forgiveness, have you noticed, we don't feel forgiven. We still feel, we still have the guilt, we still have the experience and so on, and the devil come and say, you're not forgiven. And when we ask again and again and again, and when the devil, he loves it because now we become the, the mouse on the treadmill that just runs and runs and runs and get nowhere because we, we got stuck to our physical emotions. But Jesus said, not one stone. There's not one thing in the natural you can rely upon to navigate and say, am I with God? Am I blessed? And whatever. No, it's your heart. Amen. You know, you look at these people that uh, Pastor Dennis Balcom, he shares about the Chinese pastor who was in the uh, sewage pool and with, with, with dirt up to his uh, uh, head. And he said, I'm in the most blessed place in the world. Most everyone else would say, oh, He's completely out of the will of God. You cannot measure anything, anything from the natural. We will think someone who is a worldwide famous celebrity pastor, whatever you know, you saw the pastor in Hillsong in New York, 
that you thought he was on the top of the world and and uh, the church grew faster than the mother church in Australia and he was like big, 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 big church. You would think, oh wow, and then within a few small instances it all crumbled. You cannot judge anything from the natural. Okay? Jesus said, not one stone shall be left. Not one stone shall be left. Okay? Left here, one stone that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world. Notice again, the disciples here again, they're looking for signs. It's, we need to see something natural. You, know, we, we, you cannot, over my years of a believer, <coughs> and years as a Christian, uh, as a pastor, and, and a preacher, and I'm telling you, Every sign under the sun has been obvious. You know, don't fall into these traps. Don't fall into these traps because it has nothing to do with it. Okay? Don't fall into these traps. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember Gorbachev was the Antichrist because he had the birthmark. Obama was the Antichrist because there was something that you put his letters together and made some blah, 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 whatever. Now he was... I'm telling you, they all been in the early days. It was the Chinese who was the yellow horse in the Book of Revelation because they, and they, and they do stupid teasing. Oh yeah, because they, the Chinese have one only one child policy, and there's only going to have sons. So, so there's going to come a yellow wave from the east to they're going to find wives. It's all sorts of crazy things. You know, don't forget, human slavery was justified. People, white people used. The Bible to justify human slavery. Okay? Because they said that was the mark of what uh, Jacob, what's his name? Jacob and this, uh, Jacob's brother, Esau. Yes. That was the, the black people, that was God's mark. And even when you see here, I, I, I heard, listen to a Jewish rabbi, and he started laughing at, oh, this is what the evangelicals are treating. And it's again, it's again an example of where you make the Bible say something that benefits you. Okay? And it's, it's not, that's not how we approach the Word of God. We are not here to see what are my benefits. We are here to see who are my God. Yeah. And then the benefits will come all by itself. Amen? All by itself. And uh, so... You, so and it says, tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said, Do you know what is interesting? When shall be when shall be the sign of your coming? He's sitting right in front of him. They still hooked on this thing that is going to come, this guy. What are the signs of your coming? He's hello, I'm here. <laughs> You know, because can you see, history and culture can have such a big grasp on us. You know, in, in good times, it's easy to hold on to what you have been taught, but when you come under pressure, what comes out of you? There are still people who do say, can say the right things, but when pressure comes, now, oh, if it is your will, if it is your will, if it is your will, no, it is his will that by his stripes you are healed, he wants to, he, you have been prosperous, and so on and so forth. 
uh, you know, that never changed. I don't feel prosperous. I don't feel healed. Who cares? Stand on the word of God. You know, one of the things I learned lately is that time is always on your side. Time works for you. Okay, that's why Galatians 6, 9, don't be dismayed. No, time is something, time is a, is a physical thing in the physical, physical world. That's why the devil is always limited. The devil will always run out of time. Have you noticed when the devil speaks to you, everything always has to be in a rush. No, do it. He pushes. You need, you need to do it now. You need to do it now. You need to do it now. You need to. Do it. Why does he do that? Because he's limited of the limitation of the natural world. What the limitation of the natural world is time. God is God, God has plenty of time. There is no time in heaven. Okay, it's only time. You can if you read in Genesis when God talks about that's actually where He installs time. On, on, on this earth, but in heaven there is no time. So that's why always remember time is on your side. Don't be that's why don't be impatient. Just relax. He will save you. So is that one of the I think I read that in one of the Proverbs the other day. Was the uh, Proverbs twenty twenty two. Wait, wait on the Lord and he shall save you. Wait on the Lord and he shall save you. But that time is on your side. You have all the time in the world. Don't be pressurized into do something. You know, you know that, <coughs> how do people get into debt uh, that is beyond control? It's because they are impatient. That's the problem. You know, they see this thing, and they only see the thing. I want that thing. And, they, they, and if they just waited two weeks, they could have that thing and not think about the payment. I, but, but because now, I need it now. So you can get all sorts of crazy kind of invest, uh, uh, finance thing. You pay now. No, buy, get it now, pay later. Or something. And, you know, and so on and so on. And people get into so much debt because of And really, the problem is they are impatient. Okay, but we as believers, time works for you. So when you are in a situation, all you need to do, hold on. Just hold on. Because he, you know, he said, yeah, but nothing changed. I feel I need to change. No, no, you just hold on because the devil is limited in how long he can pressurize you. Time, every, you know, Corinthians talks about that, you know, but uh, whatever test that you're facing, if you couldn't handle it, you would never be exposed to it. And there's always, you know, if you read in the book of Job, with Satan, when, when Satan is given permission to, to, uh, to strike Job, there's always limitations. He was told, you know, you can touch this, 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 but you cannot take his life. So there's always limitation. When with the same, when you are now as a new, new creation, there's always a limit. The devil is always limited. He cannot do to you whatever he feels like he wants to you to do because there's always limitation. And, and his limitation is time. He knows that if you don't quit, he cannot defeat you. He can't even, because the only way he can defeat you is that he can convince you to defeat yourself. 
But because you don't trust what your body says, you don't trust what your wallet says, you don't trust what your emotion says, you don't trust your own history, you trust what the word of God says, you say, I do not quit. I hold on. And that, that heart, the devil cannot defeat. Amen. That heart, the devil cannot defeat. And so, and Jesus answered them and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now, this is, this is what happens, okay? He, you know, we're talking about the end time, and we know, but you have to understand, end time is not end time like when you, say, when you go to the cinema or watching a movie or something, at, what, what does it say at the end? Oh, you probably can't remember, we already flicked onto something else before. But it used to say, we end. What is the worst part of the movie? To be continued. <laughs> can you? I'm old enough. Can you remember when who shot Jr? Can you remember? To be continued. How many was a year later? The next. I I heard something that when that episode was released and even on airplanes in America, we announced, oh, it was that person who shot Jr. Okay. Anyway, but but. But, but, but we, verse 4 and verse 5, you need to read it in context. Okay? So in Jesus answered and said unto him, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Do you know that? Islam is not going to deceive you. Buddhism is not going to deceive you. If you choose Islam, that's a choice. It's not a deception. If you choose to... Okay? Now here Jesus is talking about that be that take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name saying I am Christ. So we, again I just want to re-emphasize I, I really asked Jesus many times to get, get, help me to 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 get, get uh, to, to, to to get this through in a more clear way, is that he say, For many shall say I am the Christ. So he's saying Jesus says, be careful. There will be many people that say, I am Christ, which, which he is. These are the people he warns the disciples about. Now, and I, if you, I want to translate that into, new, into our day and day life, is that there's many people say, God showed me. God told me. Oh, I have a word for you. Oh, I prayed for you and God showed me this, that about you and so on. Be careful that you do not be deceived. Okay, I have always struggled with that people that God will show you something about me that He hasn't shown me, because that goes against this thing, the whole basic of that God and I have an individual personal relationship. Do, do you understand? I don't care how you know I can read people token you, okay, but that doesn't mean it is God. I can have an opinion about many things, that, that's fine, but that doesn't mean it's God. Do you understand? We, we have to separate these two things, okay? The first thing, the first thing, the first thing in a relationship, what is that? Privacy. Privacy. Okay? It, it, a, and and, and, and the, the way the, the so-called prophetic word and this, that, and the other has evolved into something you don't see in the Bible, even. You know, think about the Pope, or Peter. 
Can you imagine Peter? Look at Peter's life. He, he gets the first one right. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus said, oh, wow, only my father in heaven could have showed you. Here is, here is a star. Do you still get stars in school? You remember when the kids were you got a star. Oh. Anyway, and when Peter thought, now I'm on a roll, he thought. But from that moment on, it was downhill. Okay? Because next time, oh, Jesus talks about he has to be crucified and so on. Oh, no, 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 Jesus. I need to protect you. And what, what did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. You know that there's too many Christians who think they have to protect Jesus. We, we, we are standing up for Jesus. Do you know what? If I have to stand up for Jesus, we all got an issue. He don't need me to stand up for him. Amen. The you know, yeah, you know, think about it. I need to stand up for Jesus. No, I don't need to. It's not the disciple who stands up for the master. The disciple follows the master. Amen. The disciple who stands up for the master. So he talks about be be careful, be not deceived. And do you know what? Deception, there's always a certain level of truth in it. Because if there isn't, you couldn't be deceived. Do, do, do you understand? There, there, is a, there, is, there, there, there has to be a level of it that is true. Like, for example, Islam, you know, the basics of Islam is that what is Islam? It's that God first chose the Jewish people, and they failed God. When God chose the Christians, we failed God too. So now God has to raise up his last prophet, Muhammad. Okay? You, you can look at Christians and you can look at the Jewish people. Yeah, there can probably be many reasons for why it looks like we have failed God. Okay? But the thing is, when once you and I get uh, born again, you cannot fail God. Because our, because our relationship with God is not based upon our deeds. No, failing God is based upon something that I do. But when I, as a believer, my relationship is not based upon what I can do. It's based upon what he can do. Well, oh, sorry, what he have done. So I cannot fail God. Why? Because when God looks at me, he looks at me through the blood of Christ. And the blood of Christ is perfect. So you can never come to me and say, I fail God. Because I don't live by my own righteousness. I live by his righteousness that has been given to me as a gift. So therefore, you cannot tell me that I fail God. Because my, my foundation with God is not based upon what I can do. What I have done is based upon what Jesus has done. Do, do you understand? So you cannot fail God. But it sounds good in, from a natural mind that when you look at the church as a whole, oh yeah, it looks like they fail God or they have failed God. But we are not based upon anything in the natural. The moment you say yes to Jesus, you cannot fail God because now God sees you through the blood of Jesus. When God sees you, he sees Jesus. Amen. He became our sacrifice. He became our sacrifice. You know, like in the <coughs> every, every year, they brought a, a goat to the high priest. Uh, sorry, two goats to the high priest. And one of the, uh, and when the high priest he laid the hands on the head of one of the goats, 
and so-called transferred all the sins of Israel to that goat, and that goat was released into the desert to die. Now that's where we get the word scapegoat from, and 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 that's that paid the price. That paid the price. Okay, so you cannot fail God. So, but but so but from a natural point of view, we have earthly wisdom in looking at all the the church where we've done this and the church have done that and so on. It looks like this. Yeah, from a natural point of view, but from a spiritual point of view, as a believer, you cannot fail God because your relationship is not built upon your deeds. It's built upon His blood, and that will always be the same. And it's so important that we understand it. Because the devil will always want you to refer back to the, the natural in what you can do. He wants to he wants you to refer to what you have done and could do and should do and so on and so on. No, it's the blood. Okay? So when we when we when we do things in the body of Christ today, we don't do them because we want God to be pleased. We don't do them for to for God to love us or show us favor and so on. No, we do it because he has already shown us favor. We do it because he already loves us. We do it because He all, we already have him on our side. We don't do anything to convince him because he's already with us. Amen. It is, it, but, but I know that many of times in our walk day to day, it, it can feel like God is far away and so on, but that's a feeling. He's always there. Yeah. Why? Because you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And at the temple is where God dwells permanently. He doesn't come and go. Okay? He doesn't just come when you sing well. He is there already before you start singing. Amen. <coughs> so, so for many shall come in my name. Now many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many shall deceive many. And I'm telling you, there are whole parts of the body of Christ today that they're believing they're following God because they have got some, whatever, this fell and the other, and it wasn't God. And what happened is that they're ending up doing, uh, they're ending up burning themselves down in good deeds, in, in because God's wrong with this. I'm telling you, when God asks you to do things, I'm not saying it's always easy, but he will supply the strength. Okay? He will supply the strength. But I'm telling you, there are many ministries, they're burning themselves down. I think, I think in America, I saw something that so many pastors resigning, resigning, resigning because they get discouraged and so on. Because of someone might have said, God showed me you should do this and God showed me you should do that. And they ran on it. And maybe in the beginning they have the enthusiasm, the energy, and maybe, but somewhere down the line they ran out of supply. And they get discouraged and quit. Okay, that's not God. I'm telling you, when God leads you, he will also provide. Like the late Lester Samuel said, when God, what God orders, God pays for. What you order, you pay for. Okay? And uh, so, so I am Christ and shall deceive many. Now, verse 6. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Okay? And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. I mean, notice what it says. See that you be not troubled. 
basically what it means, do not be moved by it. Don't change your teachings. Don't change your, oh, no, 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 no. Don't let it affect you. Okay? Don't turn it into, oh, this, 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 or that star looks like this, and that star looks like that, and that star looks like that, and now, because I'm cross-eyed now, because I have to look both directions, and then suddenly I can see two more stars, and now something was really had happened now, oh, Jesus is coming, oh, yeah, hallelujah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was someone who poked his nose and said, yeah, 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 it's like this. We, we can make all sorts, you know, you can, you can see signs if you're really looking for it, okay? And like I had this friend in Ilkley, and uh, he that was when the Pensacola was going on, and he he really wanted to go to Pensacola, but because he was of a denomination that did not really embracing these things, but he really wanted to go, so he went. And when he came back, I asked him how how what happened? Why did you go? Because you know the denomination you're coming from, and so on. I said. You know, that was in the olden days when, you know, when we only have one letter for registration on the car. It changed not every six months, but once a year. And he said, he was a head teacher in the school in Leeds. And he said, on my way home, I was driving. And then I was at the stopping, the red light. And then in front of me, I looked at the registration plate. It said, P, 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 Pensacola. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he went. <laughs> so I said to him, why didn't you just go in the first place? Okay? No, no, but we become crazy like this. And he was one when he when came back so after a while, he said to me, Oh, Pastor Kurt, I'm right behind you. I've not seen him since. Okay? And, and you know, we can be so over spiritual, okay? But but what I really think what it is, it is we are so scared of making mistakes. We're so scared of doing it because we've been brought up in this. If it's not perfect, that's it. Okay? If it's, if it's not perfect, it's, that's it. No, that's a wrong mentality. Okay? That's a wrong mentality. Because of, it brings fear. Okay? Now don't ever be scared of making mistakes. Just don't do it twice. Okay, learn from your mistake. Okay, don't keep doing the same mistake. Learn from your mistake. Don't be scared of making mistakes, but don't keep doing them. Learn from them. We, we, the word of faith movement taught this thing, the spirit of excellence, and we translated it into something that it had to be perfect. And what happened was that everyone got, instead of being liberated, they got so tied up. Okay, so no one dare doing anything just in case it's not God, okay? No, don't, no, but, but it's not about you being first. It's about you succeeding. Do you know what? In any walks of life, you'll see that we think, you know, we have this, the devil have sold us that lie by the help of Hollywood of that those who are successful, they wake up and they can speak fluent five languages from the day one. They, they can do all the maths by day three. They can do whatever, you know, they can do everything immediately. It's incredible. You know, everything they touch is just like bling, 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 bling. It's just amazing. And just, I'm telling you, that world does not exist. That's a lie. 
Do you know what? Uh, of where the statistics of the top uh, 100 CEO for the big uh, uh, for the FTSE 100 companies in uh, in America, and over 60 to 70 percent of the top CEOs they went bankrupt four or five times before they got that position. And I was really surprised about how far these people who held these jobs were just people who just like, well, that's it. No, they. They have, you know, they, that life does not exist. Life is a full of obstacles and trials and so on. And you know, just because you're number one doesn't mean you're succeeding. No, the, the succession lies in is not in that you what you can uh, take off. It is when you have a setback. What do you do next? What do you do next? There is no such thing as a perfect ride. Look at Pisa, the Pope. So. He rejected Jesus like Judas did. Can you imagine that? He 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 after he after he have seen many things. When he started, oh wow, this is amazing! Now okay, I'm and he was the first one God called to speak preach the gospel to the Gentiles. I said, oh, this is amazing! Oh, Peter, I'm Peter the Pope, right? And then gradually he still had this thing he wanted to be a Jew. So when Paul came along, suddenly he stopped eating with the Gentiles. Then he had to be rebuked again. You know, Peter's road, so to speak, to become the Pope was not a smooth path. It was a bumpy ride all the way. And it's the same with you and I. Our lives is not going to be smooth, but it's about when, what do we do next? Amen. Don't be scared of making mistakes. Just don't keep doing it. Learn from it and move on. So and so, so for many shall come in my name, saying, "I am Christ," and shall deceive many. I always said the sign of the Holy Spirit is upon your life is there is a growing hunger that will keep growing for the Word of God. Okay, if that hunger is not for the Word of God, if that hunger becomes for YouTube videos or Facebook uh, proclamations or Whatever it may be, that even appears to look good, no, it's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always lead you back to His Word. Do you understand? Anything else that might appear Christian, I don't care how many songs you're writing, I don't care about it, it's about the Word. Okay? It's about the Word. It's about the Word. Because the Holy Spirit will always refer to Jesus. And John, the Gospel of John says, the Word became flesh. Jesus is the Word. You know, I met people, oh, I'm so nice, I'm so nice. I wrote this song. And then, yeah, I, I was a sinner once. I heard that when I was a sinner. But it was not called, what you're calling it, it was called the Bee Gees. I'm telling you, I was, when I was in, in the church, it's supposed to be a very famous worship song at the moment, you know. And I was just standing there. This is Barry Gibbs' hit from when he was 17 years old in Australia. You can find it on YouTube. We changed a few words here and there, but it's the same melody. Oh, this is amazing. No, it's not amazing. No, this is a sign of that, that they, they've been taught wrongly. They think, they're using the whole, they think the Holy Spirit is a tool for me to do something. No, the Holy Spirit is... The third part of the Trinity that reveals the second part and the first part. 
Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, he will remind you of all the things that I said. Jesus didn't say, when the Holy Spirit come, you will get a new song. No, when you are in the Word, the Word in you will birth the song. You know, where are the songs now that is written like, uh, like the, 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 the famous hymns like, And Can It Be, It Is Well With My Soul, and so on. Where are these they were birthed, they were not produced. And do you know what birth is? Birth, I know, birth is very hard. I told you, we had a hard birth, Yin and I. <laughs> okay? No, birth has to do with pain. It's a, birth is not, birth is something that is, has to be pushed through. It doesn't just, oh, bling, I just got us. You know, I'm not here to teach you my information that I my notebooks to your notebook. No, but I can I can teach you about many other subjects in the Bible, but it won't do you any good because what it is is just a subject. We have to teach our relationship with Jesus. Okay? And one of the things that, that I learned that in terms of this thing, that there is a part of your walk with Jesus that will be pain. Not not pain inflicted by stupidity. But pain inflicted by following him. Take up your cross and follow me. But I'm telling you, if you can endure that pain, that pain you can endure will gain you more blessings than whatever gift, skills, abilities that you have. It is how much can you endure. But we have been told, oh, no, I just need the gifting, I just need the skill. No, your giftings, your skills, your charisma, and all these things will only be halfway. And I don't know about you, I've not, I, I not, I not seen any Olympic race where in a 100 meter sprint, and then one guy, he stops after 50 meters. I was first, I won, it's only 50 meters. If he stops there, he's still last. Okay? It's, I, I, you know, what, 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 what was the greatest attribute that Jesus used? For the greatest victory of all, endurance. When he hung on that cross, you, know, you have to understand, he didn't hang on that cross and, oh, God enabled him because of he was the son of God. No, he hung there for you and me. He was a human being who hung there. Do you think, oh, do you think he was thinking, oh, now it's only how many, I, I just need to endure 45 more minutes and then I'm off down and, no, he endured, and it was his in, a cap, a capacity to endure pain that granted him his greatest victory for, that, that you and I are benefiting from today. It wasn't his charisma, it wasn't that his social behavior, it wasn't his nice smile, his gifts or whatever. It was the ability that when he was in a tough situation, he could endure, and he did not quit. Amen. You know, can, you know, when, when you uh, in birth, uh, uh, it, 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 you know, there's nothing nice about birth. I, I never see. Oh, how, how is my hair? Oh, smile. We're taking a selfie now. <laughs> you nearly. Uh, no, it is. You know, you don't. You don't think about anything about uh, anything but enduring. That's the only thing that matters. It's not a matter about, do I look right? 
uh, <laughs> is that my right angle and whatever is all about that thing you know what we need that back in the body of christ so we have been told oh no, no i just need an opportunity no i just need the ability i just need a gift or whatever no giftings is not get, going to get you anywhere i met so many intelligent bright people i'm telling you they messed up their life why because they had not they did not have that endurance i'm just you know you can watch me i just watched a documentary on bbc uh, it's actually very good i think it was it's called soldier you can all watch it on bbc iplayer i have to say these are these are young people and they are really useless seriously very useless and they chosen to join the, the british army as a and there's a, there's a guy he is really he's he's really fake stupid dumb whatever it may be you know, you know whatever instruction you give to him he cannot catch it okay there's something where they, they're telling him that they teach him how to present himself and so they put up and say so they say i am so when when you should say your name and then say your number and and so on and they tell him over and over again he's not supposed to say i am and when he says his name he's, he's just supposed to say his name he just you know he just say i am and my number is no no and we keep saying don't say my number just say the number and say the name but he's my name is and no and we just but anyway he he holds on he holds on he holds on and gradually not fast gradually he starts improving suddenly he becomes one of these who have great potential to be a good soldier okay because not because because he he held on and then suddenly one moment to another they were on a leave back home for a weekend. He didn't show up. So he, so after a day or two, now you become what we call a, a, a wall absence without leave. This becomes when you're in the army, a criminal offense, and there comes an arrest order upon you. Anyway, they catching up with him, and we say, so we say, now what are you doing now? Oh, uh, so he's doing some kind of a, no, 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 he's some no a job with, with no prospects at all and said so, no no yeah because i just like to go after day to uh, go with my mates to the pub to have a pint and he threw away this thing and and said why well, i don't like to be told anything and he, he threw and when i realized he'd been brought up in a culture like all of us where you think it is all about I shall just have a good time. And I'm telling you, that's not what it is about. It is about I follow Jesus. I'm telling you, you can have all the material stuff in the world, but if you don't, if your main purpose is to follow Jesus, will, you'll find no peace. You'll find no everlasting peace. Your phone cannot give you everlasting peace. I don't care how many likes you get on your Facebook post. It will not bring you everlasting peace. Okay? But he threw it all away. And I noticed, I think it's because of when the going gets tough. We as a culture now, we just, oh, I can't be bothered. Oh, in the body of Christ, say, oh, Jesus told me something. Jesus showed me. Jesus showed me. Jesus showed me. I'm telling you, no. Once you're starting something, Finish it. No matter how. Can you, know, can you imagine you're in the middle of a birth and say, I'm too tired. I can't be bothered. Can I just have a sleep? 
That's why the midwife. What did you say? Sleep? <laughs> say, I shall give you sleep, shall I? <laughs> no. And this, and this, but if you do that outside of these circumstances, every every pastor is doing. Oh, he is really not loving. I'm telling you, there's so many Christians who have been sidelined in in their spiritual walk by so-called uh, by kindness. Okay, where in where where they were just on the brink of breakthrough. I said, oh yeah, 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 I understand. You know, you know but. Uh, uh, one of the things I, I, I was looking at, you know, the guy, the Christian guy, or I don't know if he's following Jesus anymore, I, but the, the person who's maybe have been given the greatest platform in this country to preach the gospel, he's not using it. Okay? It is so sad. You know, he, he can be anywhere. He's on TV right at the moment and so on. And his story is amazing. He's been given the greatest platform to preach the gospel, and he's not using it. Okay, what what a tragedy! But because of we thinking Christianity is about comfort and whatever, no, Christianity is about I follow Jesus. Be not deceived. Know that Jesus don't care about when you get to heaven or how big your house is, how many cars you got, or whatever it may be. He doesn't care about it. All he cares about have you done what I told you to do. Can he see himself in you? Do you know the greatest pleasure parents have? We all know that when some, when we, no, when we see the, the, the little positive characteristics that are left in our in our life, that we can see that in ourselves. This is where every pastor's trick is when we see the parents. Oh, he looks like you. She looks like you. Oh, you think so? And you know that <laughs> because, and, and I'm telling you. Jesus gets, uh, God gets the same joy when he sees you, when he sees himself in you. That's why we, our purpose is to become like him. That's our purpose. It's our purpose. All the other things, uh, if you have many cars, wonderful. If you don't have any cars, great. You know, I have a whole Uber fleet. <laughs> right at the tip of my phone. Amen. How many cars have you got? I don't even know how many cars I have. You know, I just. Uh, <laughs> but it is. We need to get into a right track where we have been focused on things that are not so so important, and we make them so important. You no, know, but instead of it, as someone I know, he had so many dreams, and I said, I asked him, "Do you do anything but sleeping?" Okay? Do you do anything but sleep with all these dreams? And really the thing is, it's because the person has not understood what Christianity is about. It's about being close to him. But because if I can tell everyone, God showed me this and said, what it is, that it is bringing me some kind of gratification. I usually say, when God shows me, that's the biggest name drop you can ever make. Uh, oh yeah, you know, I may, I went to this party and this guy was like, uh, oh wow, yeah. yeah. Now in the body, oh God, you're me. You can, you cannot, you cannot make a bigger name drop than that, okay? But be not deceived. Be not deceived. Trust your heart. Trust the word of God, okay? Trust the word of God above anything else. 
I don't care how many angels is dancing and jumping in front of you and do all sorts of things. If it's not according to the word of God, rejecting it. The Bible says that in Corinthians, the devil is an angel of light. Yeah. He's not, he, he appears as an angel of light. You know, and one of his greatest attacks he uses against us is flattery. He always tells you how amazing that you are. Is that the heavens music? <laughs> he all he always tries to tell you, you no, know, no one can see how amazing you are. And so he always tells you at the time where you just need to push through, where you need to endure. You know, can you can you, you know you can it's a Psalm twenty two. You can actually it's a spiritual insight to see what Jesus sees in the spirit when he hangs on the cross. Okay? And he, but he does not give in to it. He does not give in to it because he only do, did what he saw his father do. Yeah. Despite of what he felt. I'm telling you, if I, if I had been Jesus, I would have this guy who slapped him, the Roman soldier, I said, you just wait three days. I'm back, you know. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> okay. Yeah, but he didn't. What did he say at the end? Father, forgive them. Because they do not know what they are doing. Okay? Why, what did he do? Of course we knew what we were doing from a physical point of view. But he referred to it from a spiritual point of view. There was something bigger. Okay? There was something. So do not be deceived. And, uh, sorry, and you shall hear rumors of war. And rumors of war see that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. And then they say, but the end is not yet. Now, no, underline that, but the end is not yet. And what obvious other people say, oh, the end is now. Jesus said, the end is not yet. The end is not yet. Oh, oh this man and we all. No, the end is not yet. I'm telling you, you have to understand, the moment, the moment Jesus comes, everything freezes. No one else can be saved anymore. Do you, do you understand? And here we thinking we are so spiritual. Jesus, come back, come back now, please. Oh, keep quiet, selfish person. Because the moment he comes, no one, no one else in your family can get saved. The, the people on it, because when that's it. Do you know that God is patient? He's enduring. Why? Because he wants as many people in the kingdom as possible. He will give people so many chances to happen. Do you understand? So we, so we should not running around and come now, Jesus, come now. You know, we are not on. We, we don't need to be rescued. We are already saved. Amen. Our, we have one purpose: to lead people, introduce them to God, the living God, through Jesus Christ. That's our job. And I'm telling you, this is what happens. And many of times, what you're seeing is. But it is in so-called, in the natural, it's troubled times. This is where people come to Jesus. This is where, you know, but we're thinking that if we just have all the righteous laws in place, and we, we know, and then people get said, no. You, our, our history as a church shows quite the opposite. It is when the countries are the most ungodly, that's where the most people find Jesus. You know, China with the persecution and so on and so on. Uh, Iran at the moment. Uh, South America under the military juntas, all the people got saved. 
but in our in our so-called Christian world, it's declining. It's declining. What does it tell us? It doesn't matter what government that we have, because Jesus is still the same. Salvation is still available. You can He can find you wherever you are. You are, because if he if you have a heart that cries out to Him, okay. And the last thing I want to say about this thing uh, is that also. Uh, no, so, uh, so, so, but we end the study yet. For nations shall rise against nations, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, and pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be, be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And many false prophets. <coughs> this, this prophet thing, you have to understand, what, what is one of the greatest weaknesses for mankind? We want to be in control. We want to understand. I, 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 as I wrote in my note here, there is no why in fate. There is no how in faith. Because if there's a why and how in faith, it's not faith. Did you understand? Don't ask God how and why. That's not your that's not your business. That's not my business. My business is trust him. Trust him. Trust him. And one thing that if if we have learned nothing over since 2008, when we had the credit crunch in 2008, 9 where the world nearly went bankrupt, when we had the COVID and we had all these things that happened, okay? If we have learned nothing from it is that man is not in control. But we have we have developed a theology, a teaching, a lifestyle, a Christian lifestyle is in terms of that we, we, we start convincing ourselves that we are in control. But we are not. That's the temptation that the devil gave to Eve. What did the devil say to Eve? If you eat of the tree of good knowledge, well, you will know the difference from good and evil. That, that's control. Now you are in control. You don't need to be told by God every night about what you should be doing. No, no, just eat of that food when you are in charge. And we have thought that we can be in control, and it, and it comes up with all sorts of stupidities in the world today that people just accept blindly that this is truth because we think man is in control but if we've seen anything man is not in control covid we were not in control we no one knew what covid was and what you know we were not in control we were subject to we, we, we was not and the same thing now what happens in in, in the middle east and so we are not in control and we're not supposed to be in control fate is not to be in control Faith is to be submissive to him. That's why, don't be troubled. I, you know, we have to understand, there is not an answer to every question. You know, sometimes, what does the Bible say about it? What does the Bible say about it? What does the Bible say about it? I mean, you can't call me why not. Oh, you call yourself a Christian. Uh, you know, no, it's, being a Christian has nothing to do with knowledge. Do you understand? Christianity has to do with relationship. Amen. Have you, you know, I'm not lined out for my kids minute by minute, day by day, year by year, about what I did every single second. 
And just because they don't know what I've done every second of my life doesn't mean that they don't know me. I, they don't need to have an answer for every single thing to know me. Okay? That's not Christianity. You know, so, so when, oh, that person died, why? Why? I don't know why. That's not my business. I'm not God. My, and, and, and that's why I, I decided to follow him. If you want to know, ask him yourself. Don't ask me. Amen. It's like with the blind man. Remember the blind man that Jesus healed? And then everyone, the Pharisees were all, and then the parents were a bit wise. He's old enough. Ask him. Don't try to come up with an answer. And then, but because we think we have to go, then we come up with all sorts of stupid doctrines and so on. And, uh, and we just copies the world. No, seriously, you know, you know, climate crisis. Now, I'm not saying that you should be irresponsible with so on. That's not what I'm talking about. But it is a bit naive that our little part, little England, because we must not drive petrol cars in whatever, 2030 or something. And now we're thinking we are going to save the climate. It's either stupid or arrogant. Do you think when we cross when, in, when in the British aerospace, the smoke that comes from the, another country, there's a border control in the air? Uh, 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 too much CO2, not here, because we are... It's not going to work like that. It, 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 now, I'm not saying you shouldn't be responsible or so on, but, it's, but don't take it to a level and say, I can save the planet. No, we it, like as I say, all these climate protesters. If we really care for the case, go to India. Do your demonstrations in India. Okay, block the highway in India, and you'll be won over by a lot of cows. <laughs> because uh, you're not. A, why do you eat steak? Because I'm trying to neutralize CO2. You know, cows. You know, they do. Uh, so that's why I eat steak. I'm trying. That's my contribution to the climate change. I'm cutting down CO2. Now, but I'm, take it in the right way, okay? I'm not saying we shouldn't be responsible, but we must move it into some kind of religious thing that goes beyond. That is, that is. That, that, don't don't put it upon me that I have to turn off the light to save the climate. And when I go to town, and there are lights everywhere. Okay, don't put it on me. Okay, it's a, it, it does not make any sense, is it? Like, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, and when we, when we in Norway, we just come. Norway is supposed to be so climate friendly, you know. When we, we all have these electric cars. But Carl Axel once had to pick me up at the airport in February, January or something. I mean, he called me. Oh, Pastor Kurt, I'm sorry because. Uh, uh, I don't know how long I, it'll be before I'm there because the whole motorway is blocked because all these Teslas went out of uh, electricity because it was minus 10 degrees. So it was, uh, and then what, 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 who came to drag them away? A, a, a diesel uh, truck. <laughs> it, it, it's just crazy. And, and I, and I, and I, and I know it, it, it feeds something into us that we want to make a difference. And I can I can understand that, but make the difference in Christ. I'm telling you, by you being a disciple of Jesus, you make a difference. Now, 
you might not know about it, but your life will speak. Okay? Because it will speak in your decision making, in the way you approach life, the way you see life, the way you plan life, everything. You don't need to say, oh, oh, that, that's a nice cup of coffee. Oh, bless you, God, let me to that coffee cafe and you know better. I said, oh, and I got, you know, this coffee. Oh, I'm really blessed. You don't need to say that, okay? Because you'll just, they'll just, oh, I'm running away somewhere else. You know, it's just like, it will be, it's your life that is your testimony. Paul says to the Corinthians, I don't need a letter of recommendation because he, he refers to the Corinthians as his letter. Because he says, you are my letter of recommendation, not written by on ink and paper, but by the Holy Spirit upon your heart. And if you notice, that is your greatest testimony. Okay? And you know, when you are in faith, whatever you are today, or whatever, don't have, the first thing is, what do I do? What do I need to do more? Is something I'm missing? Or something that I don't know? You know what you need to do is surrender. Surrender. That, that, that's how faith works. Faith does not come by striving. Can you remember when we had to learn to swim? But what is the key to learn to swim? Surrender to the water. No, don't, don't fight the water. Surrender to the water. And the water will carry you. Okay? Surrender to the word. And the word will carry you. Amen. It is so, and but when I was in the Word of Faith movement, we said, oh, no, no, no. You, oh, you didn't get healed. That was because you didn't do step four. There were seven steps, and you missed step four. And we, and, we, and we were left with, but it was within my power. There was something I had to do. No, all I had to do, surrender. Okay? Surrender. And then the Word will carry me. I think lifeguards, when people panic in the water, one of the things they're taught to do is to knock you out. Because your efforts to try to survive actually become the, the thing, the very dangerous thing that can make you drown. Okay? So maybe I should have been a lifeguard. That gives you license to knock people out. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so, but, and when shall many be offended? And shall betray. Now, many. Shall, when do we get offended? What causes us to be offended is when we don't get it our way, or if it does not living up to our expectation. That's where we get offended. Someone we have an expectation to, and they don't do according to what we expected. Then we get offended. But the thing is that we we must not live by our standards. Did you understand? We must not even project our standards onto someone else. There, might, there are things that God will tell you, you can't do it. But in the same thing, God will say, I can do it. Okay? Why? Because we are different stages in our walk with him. Just like you don't let a two-year-old do the same as a ten-year-old. It's not that you love one more than the other. It's because we are different stages in life. But, but a religion wants to unify everything. Like I told you many times when I grew up, every two, three years, we had to throw out our TV because now we can't watch this business with devils or whatever. We have to throw it out. And when everyone threw out the TV, and then after a few weeks, oh, 
so when we went down, created a new debt to get a new TV. Okay, and but what was was that guy? Yes, maybe God told him you spend too much time watching this, and now you should stop doing it. But the thing is, that was for him, not for everyone. That was his challenge. But when there are things that you can do that I can't do, but you can't, we can't, we can't put our own restrictions upon others to do the same because that was for you. The only instruction that the church, early church, gave to the church, to the Gentiles when they got saved was, "Don't no sex before marriage." That was because of covenant. Okay, don't make covenant with any, you know. And then the next thing was, don't eat animals who have not been slaughtered. And then you said, live well. That was a quick Bible school, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, I signed up for Bible school. Yeah, okay. No sex before marriage. Don't eat non-slaughtered food. Live well. See you. <laughs> There's my certificate. <laughs> you understand? You know, but where religion builds a whole system of, oh, you you are not supposed to do that as a Christian. You know that what we say to others, well, you're not supposed to do that as a Christian. They could actually look back at us and say, you're not supposed to do that as a Christian, because we are all at different levels. What God will say you can do and can't do, it will be, maybe be opposite to me, because of where wherever we are. When I was, you know, I grew up with a sister that was eight years older than me, and I could not understand why she could stay up longer than me. You know, why do I have to go to bed? She can stay. You know, because she was 10 years older. But but I couldn't see that. All I could see, you had to go to bed. And I, you know, we, and we, 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 we Christians, we are so funny. Oh, we, we love to tell you, you are unique. You are unique. Oh, you're unique. You know, there's no one like you, but we behave like the rest of us. Now the uniqueness is gone, isn't it? And uh, but anyway, so so they should deliver you, and when shall be so so don't be offended, okay? Because whatever other people do, that's between them and God, okay? <laughs> it's between them and God. I don't care what people do. That's between them and God. I always say, I'm glad it's not me who, you know, I don't know what God told them, okay? That's between them. Nothing to do with me. If God says that, if you say God, that's, yeah, but that's it. But don't just, as I say, when people come and ask me for advice and say, God told me, what do you think? I'm saying, who am I to speak against God? Oh, pastor, God told me I should do this. What do you think? I say, I don't think anything. God just told you. But who am I to say anything against God? Shall I counsel you and say, oh, I think God is wrong? No way I'm going to say that. Even if what we're saying is not God, but the moment you say God showed me, I'm not, I'm not touching it anymore. Do, do you understand? God showed me I should marry him or her. Okay, what do you think? I think nothing. Do, do you understand? I'm not going to intervene with God. So, But don't be offended. Just say that's between them. What's that between me? Okay. So, and uh, and be, so, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, grow cold. Okay. 
because iniquity shall abound and love of many shall grow cold. The way I define, I don't think it be, you know, grow cold is that I I I I I will read that into it like that it is that I only do what if if there's something in it for me. Okay, but I, it's not that I know I don't know I don't like anyone I hate everyone. This is not what love goes cold. I think it's love is the the opposite to biblical love is that I think is that love that I only do if it benefits me. Okay, which is not love at all, but. Uh, that, that's how. So, so we we need to get words back into our culture about selflessness. Okay, laying down our life for one another, and so on. These things we need to get back because we we must not be trapped in that deception to believe that our Christian life is about us. It's not about the moment I say yes to Jesus and now I started a race where I need to pursue every natural physical blessing and collect them into my life and say, now I'm a good Christian. No, the moment I become a Christian, now is no longer about me, it's about him. And in that process, in that walk, there will be times where I do lay my life down. You know, marriage is one of them. You talk about Ephesians, it talks about what does it say that Man shall lay his life down for the church, down for his wife, as Christ laid down his life for the church. Okay? And then it says, the wife shall obey their husband. You have to make sure you read that in context. Okay? Because else, you know, there's been terrible doctrines made out of when you break it out of the context. Okay? But love is about forgetting yourself. So if you move by the love of Christ, you're not moved by what you can gain because you shouldn't really be focused about what you're gaining because you should have the confidence in that God loves you and he will never make you lose out. You know, I just heard lately about this thing, what you, when you give, don't let the left hand know what your right hand And actually, in the original text, it doesn't talk about left and right hand. It talks more about that when you give, don't think about what you can gain. No, we don't think about the gaining. The gaining comes by itself. Because that's the, that's the natural law of the seed. Okay? The key to receive is to give. Don't worry about the receiving. It will come all by itself. You see so many times, the blessing will overtake you and so on. Don't, don't worry about the gaining. It will come by itself. So, so that's a, don't let the left know what we write so meaning when you are when you give when you lay your life down and so on don't worry about, oh why should i do it because he won't do it i heard that so many times okay no because we no my business is not how other people respond to my action my business is my action is is done with the right heart okay you i might lay my life down for someone and that person i lay my life down for might not be the one the blessing comes through, but the blessing will come through somewhere else. So I don't need to worry about it. Okay? It's like I heard this terrible teaching about that you need to sow in good ground. Meaning, and, and the way it's applied to that, or it's like they're looking at your ministry, if you had a good ministry and so on. But what I told you, what God showed me many years ago, that the good heart 
is the good ground is the heart. What heart do you give with? You know that because if it, if it's by the definition of what people have taught in that way, I'm telling you, God will never give in Jesus to us because none of us was good ground. Okay, why was it good ground? Because the heart that God gave it with, for God so loved the world. Okay, you can give to a man on the street that looks like the worst thing that you ever seen on earth, and it can be good ground if you do it with the right heart. You can give it to the most successful ministry in the world with the most Christ, uh, famous celebrity Christian and whatever, and it can be wrong ground because you're thinking, oh, if I give there, I will gain. Okay? Now, the good heart is the heart that we give with. So, so I'm, okay? And it's, it's again down to this thing. Don't let other people which, uh, de de decide your decisions. We are, we are led by, like what Jesus said, we only do what our Father has shown us. Don't focus upon what can I gain. That, that, that should be settled in your head. Don't focus upon it. It comes all by itself. Just the 1, 8, and 9. Keep your word in my mouth and you will. <laughs> keep the word in my mouth. And the blessing shall overtake you. Overtake you. If the gaining comes all by itself. If you just take part of that one thing, everything else will come by itself. Don't worry about it. Whatever uh, thing, you know, financial thing, whatever it is, but don't worry about it because just wait upon the Lord and He will save you. You have all the time in the world. You have all the time in the world. You have, you can wait until forever. You don't need to rush it. Just wait. Okay. I, I know I can't finish this thing and uh, you all start falling asleep. Anyway, but we end. Uh, I'll just finish with this. But that, but He that shall endure. Unto the end, the same shall be saved. Endure. Learn to endure. Okay? Just learn. Just hold on. Don't try to, what shall I do now? What shall I do? No, just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, thank you, Jesus. I know that you've got a plan and a purpose and a future for me. I, I know I've done according to what you have asked me to do. And now I've done all that I can. And now I just wait to stand. And I'm telling you, the devil say, hell, oh, you need to, you need to, you need to. I'm telling you, there's so many women who got married because of what they say in the world was a biological clock. Okay? I mean, and because we got pressurized and we're ending up something like, oh, why did I get married? Why did I get married? Okay? It is, don't be pressurized. Time is on your side. Okay? Don't be pressurized. Time is on your side. The devil is time is not on his side. He will say the time is your time is your time is your time is your. I'm telling you, no. I'm telling you, I don't think that Jesus is coming back in my lifetime. Seriously. Because there are so many people that still need to be saved. So many people who still need to hear the gospel. And and I, I, I and I do not want to be 120. Can you imagine being 120? Every conversation you have to talk with anyone. You have to spend 90% of the time just to explain to them what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, when I got my first cassette tape, cassette, cassette, cassette what? <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, cassette is something we used to have, you know, basically. And then finally, I'm so old, I've fallen asleep and I finally got to the point where I want to share. I don't want to be that old, okay? It will be, it will be terrible, okay? You, so endure, learn to endure. Okay, learn to endure. 
learn to endure. You know, there's nothing wrong in that you don't feel well it's in, in your emotions. There's nothing wrong, but don't be defined by it. Be defined only by the Word of God. And also, remember, you cannot fail God. Okay? Because His blood is over you forever. Amen? You know, you should be set free from that, and now you're free just to follow Him. Okay, so what if you make a wrong turn here and there? You know, a good thing you can take one uh, wrong turn, you can turn around. That, that's what we call repentance. We get back on track. We get back on track. We get back on track. Okay, this is what it is about. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we, I entrust this word that you, Holy Spirit, will you empower it? Will you anoint it? that it may produce what it says. Lord, I lift up, I, I lift every yoke, break every yoke over each and every one here of what that might have been laid upon them, but that they may each and every one be free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's receive the communion now. And um, and while we're doing that, just remind yourself, it is it is done, okay? It is done.